Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and other stories that kept us stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time. Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out, but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose. Hey, babe, how are you? Hello, my friends. I'm doing well. How about you? You look gorgeous. Well, I just got my hair colored. I actually am not going anywhere exciting today. But I'm going to say, what do you have planned? You're all... Nothing. I have nothing planned except for clients, but I have a blowout, so... <laughs> do people tell you that you look like uh, a younger Christy Brinkley? Do you get that a lot? Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Seriously. I, I, I've gotten it a couple of times. Okay. Every single time I get it, I'm like, absolutely no way. She's so pretty uh yeah hello mirror hello <laughs> you're so are you i get when you have your hair all done i get christy brinkley vibes and i love it well when i was walking up to this room to kick carter out of it he was like oh my gosh mom where wh- you look you look so different I'm <laughs> like, oh, because you see me in a ponytail no makeup <laughs> I, love them. I have on like normal clothes and not my leggings or sweatpants and my kids are like oh my gosh where oh. are you going clothes <laughs> <laughs> I know I might actually leave the house today. Well, I'll leave the house every day, but it's just usually sweatpants and leggings. Well, what a fun way to start this really <laughs> exciting conversation, y'all. What we have for you today, whoo, it's a good one. It's really exciting. I honestly don't even know if this is going to make the actual podcast because I don't know if I have the stamina to do it, but we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to do it. We are bringing a topic that is so relatable, so huge, so big, and so heavy, but we don't have to leave it that way. Hopefully you'll hear, Yeah. Well, hopefully you'll walk away with what we always hope you walk away with, which is, you know, hope and curiosity. But yeah, so let's drum roll. Let's get to what that topic is. We're going to talk about grief today, ladies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which I feel like actually is going to be super timely for some people that I've been working with lately. So I'm actually really, really happy that we're doing this today. Yeah. You know, when, well, okay. So in thinking about grief, like we think about grief when you, when you lose somebody and for you, that was a big part of your, you know, story and how you, that led to you finding freedom from alcohol, um, is, you know, the loss of your mom. And so we talk about which I want to talk about too, as long as you're willing. But um, yeah. when we talk about grief, we automatically think of the loss of someone we love. And that's a big one, right? Yeah. But it also is so much more than that. And that's what I mm-hmm. hope we can kind of um, cover today. Because whether you've lost somebody you love that you're close to and you love or not, this conversation is for you because we all carry grief. And mm-hmm. grief, by definition, I I searched it up because as we could say just search it up search it um, up <laughs> search it up grief is the response to loss so yeah. I automatically you know we think about losing a loved one but really if it's defined it's the response to loss and loss can come in so many different forms so that is what we're yeah. going to kind of um dig into today and uh yeah hopefully you'll walk away with that why am i yeah what 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 are some griefs that i'm carrying that may be contributing to my being stuck in the drinking cycle and what would be different if I could look at those. 
Yeah. And also something, and maybe we can even just start with this. The One of the ones that I was really shocked by and didn't see coming. And I feel like every single time I kind of bring it up, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so true is if you're newer into the drinking journey, right? The grief of the loss of the person that you were as a drinker, which I yes. feel like can be so confusing, right? Uh, and like, I always tell the story of like, I was leaving one of my best friends 40th because I guess everyone decided to turn 40 when I stopped drinking. <laughs> um, but I got in the car and I knew I had done the right thing. You know, I was like there for the dinner. Um, I brought the cake, like we, the whole thing, I celebrated her well, but they were all going to, you know, take the party onwards and it was just going to be like drinking. This was also like in a weird time in London where we had these really bizarre COVID restrictions. So you had to leave restaurants by 11. Anyways, long story short, they were going to continue on drinking. I wanted to go home and I got in my car because I could drive. Yay. No smelling mm. Ubers. That's and right. I burst into tears mm. and I was just like, I was like, I used to be the girl that like shut the party down that always wanted another <laughs> round that was like, let's go keep going. Someone takes the babysitter and a sleepover, like all the things, right? Same. And I was just like, so I felt like part of me was sad because that wasn't me anymore, even though I knew in my yes. soul that getting in the car and leaving was the right thing to do, right? I, mean, I think that's one of the most confusing things that I coach people through and that I experienced myself as well in the beginning when you found the freedom from alcohol and you're like, wow, life is so much better. It can, it, if you're not prepared for it, it can kind of sneak up, you know, on you in this way of like, oh wait, well, why am I upset? Why am I leaving in tears from this? This is what I want. And, yeah. and, and it's not that it's, we want it to be different because it could be, we could drink if we want to. It's, yeah. it's what you mentioned, which is how it, you know, it's the encompass encompassing like kind of our identity for a while. It was that party girl, like the party fun. Yeah, I never, I was always the last one. It, it's a kind of good thing that you and I didn't meet before this because we would have been- not, I know, don't. So much you trouble don't. together. Don't, don't. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking that as you were saying that. I'm like, it's a good thing that you and I were not, yeah. Anyway, yeah. but I, it, there is that sense of like, this is what my life was. And though I don't want that anymore, and I'm choosing this, I'm not being forced into this. That's the beauty of the work that we do. It's not something we have to do, something we yeah. get to do and in it, you know, re reap all the rewards, but it's something I'm choosing to do. And yet I am feeling this little bit of sadness or what you would describe as maybe grief for like, that was my life. And that's okay. Yeah. I can, I can leave it there, but also so what did you do to to kind of like cope with that? Yeah, I mean, it was, I think the first thing was realizing it, right? That that's what it was. And then I was like doing the right thing. But then also, right, I had so many things by that point in my toolbox for like new things that, that brought me joy and new things that I enjoyed. So like mourning the lo loss of like, so to speak, of old Christy, it was okay because like I was like, this sounds so cheesy. Falling in love with the person I was becoming. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I liked who I was so much more that, like, that's what it was. But it's, I, I still got those, like, pangs of, like, oh, gosh, that used to be me. I was the one that always had everybody over till two in the morning and the dance party and the speakers falling out of the ceiling because the music is too loud. 
Oh my god! Oh my gosh! I know. Like, if ever we thought that that was fun, the chaos that that was. But yeah, that's that's. I, I can relate to that so much because, um, and I think about too, like when I started my freedom from alcohol journey, like my faith wasn't as deep as it is now, and so yeah, you know, like now I can look at these self identities that I these things that I put my identity in other than God, and I can I can be like. Whoa, I'm so glad that's not my identity. Anymore. Yeah, I did. I did yeah, the work. I, I you know, like I worked with the Lord. I changed that, and ate, you know, I I worked through that. And no, my identity is is in the Lord and nothing else. I feel good about that. But at the time, that was yeah. not what I was thinking. That was not where my faith was, and, um, yeah. and so it did feel like who I was was the fun, easygoing life of the party. And 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 if alcohol was the thing that I believed was helping me be that and the relationships that potentially would suffer as a result of that, then, oh my gosh, there is that, that was, I mean, that kept me stuck for a long time, just the fear of that. And then on the other side, like, okay, I can be sad that that about parts of this that have changed, but, um, but I also can step in into your point that awareness of it is, is really the big part because it's the grief that we don't pay attention to that, Mm -hmm creates you know bigger problems yeah that's so true that's so true and the the faith aspect of it too has been i mean for me like the beef the thing that has helped with the overall like the big grief so to speak you know the grief from losing my mom like that is the thing that was that was the only thing that you know helped like besides you know obviously stopping drinking but like that really finally brought me peace you know yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You talk about in your, in your story that, um, like the two years after yeah. she passed away and how it was just like, Oh, nope. And actually, if we even back up a little bit further in your story, because this was also one of these things for me, I was like, I mean, that was grief too. Um, Carter's birth, you know, yeah. being, being oh my gosh. a NICU yeah. baby, like that is an example of, of grief. And so you, you and I, I experienced the same thing with uh, the birth of my first and then the health things with my children. Yeah. We often don't think of grief as being in these other forms, but they're just because we're not thinking of them as a form of grief doesn't mean we're not grieving something. And we're not, you know, if you kind of look at the definition, sadness, sorrow, anguish, pain, but yeah. even as simple as like irritation. And, and um, I mean, grief is all encompassing in so many different, different ways, but it yeah. makes sense that yours was kind of like compounded, right? From Carter yeah. was born. How old was he when your mom died? Oh, was that so? He was. Um, oh my gosh, math. <laughs> he was six. <laughs> yeah, he was six. Yeah. So it's like years of like maybe the grief from that, and then you know, just all compounded. I'm so sorry. It, it makes oh, sense, babe. but I mean. I, I'm in such a much better place. And this is like, I was actually chatting with a client yesterday who's been through so much. And I was just like, if I can give you like any hope and any encouragement, it's that the second the alcohol took a back seat, that's mm-hmm. when I was able to start healing. Yes. Like, you know, and so if you are grieving something or going through something, traumatic or any of it and you need to like work on healing from it like and you're numbing out with alcohol it's it's making it 
so much harder on yourself. Yeah. I mean, because, Mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying, I was just like picturing literally like kicking the can down the road. Yeah. You're not, you're not dealing with it. You're just kicking it down the, and it's piling up. Yeah. 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 And for me, there was so many different like components of the grief, right? So just like real quick, because like my mom and I were in a really, like we were best, 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 best friends growing up. But then when she started drinking, it changed her. And so we were in a really bad place when she passed away. And so there was all these like layers of like, Mm -hmm. you know, sadness, Mm -hmm. mourning the loss of my best friend, but then also like anger because of like, I was blaming her, right? Like I was blaming her for how could you do this to us, to me, so the kids, how could you not be around? all of that. And like, when I did this work, you know, and we learned that like alcohol is an addictive substance, that's it's and when you it's the only coping mechanism, you know, that's the only tool in your tool that you have. Why do I keep saying toolbox 100 times? But like, long story short, right, my mom didn't know she and she really didn't like looking back on it, like any other way, and didn't have any other source of like, dealing with her own emotions because of which how she was raised right and so shifting from that place of like i had to shift the the anger part of the grief to the compassion in order to heal from that and there is no way that i would have been able to do that still drinking mm. yeah that's that's so powerful and you think about how um you you touched on like it's it's all the future loss that comes along yeah. too with that like as part of grief, when you lose somebody, it's not just that. And then all of the layers that make that all relationships are complicated because the relationships, you know, to begin with, I feel like to an extent, but certainly in a situation like yours is complicated. So there are all those layers. And then also it's that future loss. Yeah. Not having the person there, um, that all gets compounded. And I think I was someone, you know, I was, I was, conditioned to believe that being light and funny and easygoing and things like that, like there's no time for the dramatic or the, the deeper or the the sad. And it's funny how the more I step into my real identity as a, you know, non-drinker and daughter of the almighty, like the more I step into that, the more I realize that grief, you know, sadness, sorrow, like that, that is part of the human experience. But what we do with it is, is where we have different, different, different paths of what we do with it. And for so long of my life, even though there weren't maybe s- those really stand out, I, you know, big losses, so to speak, there are a bunch of little tiny, tiny griefs yeah. along the way that when they're not dealt with, when they're not addressed, when you aren't bringing attention to them, they are totally that they're not, you know, causing issues. And so then we give alcohol this little tiny opening through mm-hmm. socializing mm-hmm. in high school for me. And eventually it is just the thing that we use whenever we're uncomfortable with anything. And there's all of this stuff bubbling right underneath the surface, just ready to come out. And so, yeah, Yeah. it's a, it's a a big, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, um, what you were saying about future loss, because I feel like, again, it's one of those things where when you're, you're in this grieving future loss place and then you're drinking a depressant every night. Yeah. It just makes it like, it makes it absolutely unbearable, right? It makes it absolutely unbearable because you're so down from all the dynorphin and all yes. the, 
all the depressant stuff that just like any little thing would set me off, right? Like any little thing, what, you know, I would, I mean, and I still do this sometimes, but I would like, you know, just ball in the kids, like Christmas plays and stuff because my mom wasn't there. And, you know, like, and I kind of still do that too, but yeah, it's just, it really, it makes it so hard to heal from anything when you're drinking. And is it fair to say that you, as someone who's never really, I mean, I, I lost my grandmother and that was really hard, even though she was 97 or eight years old and had a good life. It was still, and I think that, that this is something I wanted to kind of like touch on too, is like kind of that, like that expectation that it shouldn't be hard, but yet this is what I'm, I'm really feeling that lot. Okay. She lived a good life. And, and that's what I was yeah. kind of trying to talk myself into. Like if I was you, maybe be thinking like, well, I shouldn't still be crying about that, yeah. like getting tear, you know, choked up about that because it's been X amount of time. But also when we have that expectation, how, who says how long grief is supposed to stay, take and how is that limiting us from actually being able to feel it and to grieve it and let it move through us? Um, and how it always, I think that's the thing that I keep learning about grief too, is like, it doesn't ever go away. It just gets more, um, yeah. You get more, eat more healed was a word that you yeah. used healed, healing it. Yeah. But yeah. 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 And I mean, I start, I, I saw a, <laughs> I saw a therapist after about a year, maybe a year, year and a half, but I was still drinking like heavily. And she obviously picked up on it um, somehow, not because I like rolled in like a hot mess, but like maybe, you know, as I was opening up, said some things. And so then she really like went hard in on like, that's what I needed to look at. And so she obviously didn't last very long (laughs) because I was like, no one's going to tell me to give up my drinking. That's the only thing that's like making this all okay, you know? Yeah. But, but again, it's just one of those things. The drinking, the drinking delayed the healing 100%. Mm -hmm. It it really, really did. I have heard stories and coach, coach folks who have, done the loss of i mean at this you know the loss of a loved one free from alcohol and done it the other way too and and the difference that they talk about and being able to even to be be present in those final days with someone you love um or to be going through that just that that presence what a gift but i think so much of what keeps us from being able to look at it's just we're scared to look at the things and we have this yeah you know, expectation maybe that we shouldn't be feeling this or we just we just never were taught how to handle this yeah. or like, well, my life is go- like, I c- there's nothing I can be sad about in my life because I don't have any. And that's something that I always come back to from my story. It's like, that's a form of grief that I was denying that um, there were things that, you know, that happened that there is a loss felt from it, but I had to just pretend like everything was okay because you know you do have a good life and so don't get stuck in that and when we deny that it again just kind of just you know keeps building up under the surface and makes it that much easier to do the thing that helps us so to speak quote unquote not have to deal with any of it but yeah 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 so true the other thing that i feel like you, you just said something that like jogged my memory of just the grief was something that like I obviously was experiencing, but I put all these expectations on other people of how they 
should act, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because I was grieving. And so it made like relationships really hard, right? Because people, especially with Chris, my husband, like he was never living up to the standard of mm. being the supportive husband, even though like, like I had no, right. He was, and he was actually doing all the things, right. He was by all appearances. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I somehow mm-hmm. wanted him to magically like yes. understand what I was feeling, which is not something that you can expect of someone, which I learned through doing this. Right. I mean, and I remember just going to school and it was like, um, f- to pick up the kids. And I was like, we had, I just gotten back from California from the funeral and everything. And one of the moms who knew me very well and sent me flowers was like, oh, why do you look so sad? And I literally wouldn't speak to her for like six months. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, how could she say that to me? And what, doesn't she know how I feel? Of course she doesn't. Why would she? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just how there's gloomy London day to her, like, you know, and um so that's the other thing that I think like going alcohol free also majorly helped me with, right? Because we work so much on what we think and how we respond and what we should expect from others. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. How how our thinking uh leads us to our reactions to things if if it goes unchecked. And yeah, yeah versus being able to pause and really get in a, you know attuned to what we are feeling and what, you know, getting curious about our thinking and how does that create this opportunity for us to respond to something um, versus that kind of reaction. And that, this is what I wonder, like how much of my inability to like my not having capacity for being able to respond to something, how much of that was the chemical of alcohol that was playing in there? Uh, yeah, the answer I know is probably a large part of that. Yeah. And then the other, the other piece of that is just not even having that awareness for how that was affecting everything totally. I was doing. And, and yeah. that's, and that's where it's, this conversation is. So I find it to be so valuable and love kind of peeling back the layers of it because it's so much more. Yes. It's about the habit of alcohol and being stuck in that drinking cycle and how it's, you know, taking up the throne of our hearts, you know, instead of the Lord or all of those things. Yes, it's about that, but it's also about all of these just human elements that I, 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 everyone I've worked with and every, you know, in this space, just none of us were taught any of this. None of us were taught that our thoughts were separate and how our expectations change things. And it's, yeah, we just all kind of, you know, and that's the work that we get to do now because it makes it all manageable. And so when I was saying, I, I have a point, I promise. So when I was no, saying, I'm <laughs> loving everything you're saying, keep going. So when I was saying earlier that like I was conditioned to be that lighter, you know, like fun and easygoing and all of that, like, you know, what it got yeah. time for the drama or the serious or the heavy. What's yeah. so crazy is now on this side, I like, it's so paradoxical to me because I welcome it in. In fact, yeah, Christy, yeah. you'll laugh. So Okay, so <laughs> Kurt Thompson, is this, is this Dr. Kurt Thompson's yeah book, The Deepest Place: Suffering and the Formation of Hope. Okay, this is not a book that I would have ever wanted to pick up, much less yeah. um, pre-ordered months ago, and been counting down the days until it's. 
delivery on release date yesterday and maybe well, you are a little bit of a Kurt Thompson. Are we allowed to say groupie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess, right? He is amazing. Um, he is amazing. He is, well, he's, he's just he's been such a great teacher for me in that his work has allowed me to get to those those thoughts and feelings and things that I didn't even know were there controlling so much of what I did and how I was showing up. And then he weaves it, weaves science and theology together. And it's just, it's beautiful. But, um, but my point in all of that is to now be in a place where if you knew me in this life, but you know, didn't know me in my former life, you would probably say like, I'm someone that, you know, is on the like deeper, more melancholy kind of side or whatever. And, and that's fine. But there's both parts of me now where there is the lighter and the, but this has always been a part that I've just kind of tamped down. But now I'm comfortable in it. I'm comfortable looking at, I get excited about a book about suffering because I'm not afraid of it anymore. I'm not afraid of grief. I'm not afraid of suffering. I'm not afraid of sadness. Um, I mean, I have peace in Jesus. So that's a big part of it. But doing this work has allowed me to step into situations that are the hardest just recently, you know, with my little one being sick, I can step into these hard places where my capacity to handle those situations when I was drinking was, I mean, zero. It was all reactionary. It was all reactive. Totally. And it was, it was, it was frantic and frenzied all the time. Now there's just, even in the suffering, even in the grief, there's a calm and there's a peace that is completely different. And yes, it's Jesus. And it's also that I don't drink anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes, and like, I I don't, it might be Annie, but I think it's actually predates Annie. You probably know who it is, but the, the, the pain plus resistance equals suffering, right? Yeah. And the resistance is the drinking, right? It's the resistance, the numbing, the ignoring, the stuffing it down, or, you know, letting it come out like totally erratically because you're not actually, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with it properly. But that is exactly what I did, right? Like I prolonged the suffering and therefore my pain because I was just resisting it, resisting it, resisting it. And people kept saying to me, you know, people that had lost parents like, oh, time heals, time heals, time heals. And of course, part of that is true. But for me, it was like it had to be the sober time, right? Because two years had gone by and I was crying myself to sleep. No, no different and, and no different. So I'm not even making sense, but you yeah, no, you are. No, you are. You're, you're right. It's not, it's not time. It's actually awareness, attention to intention yeah. to really be in it and be okay in it. And, and I think that's also where the, the power of this journey and doing it not by ourselves, that's where yeah. it, it comes, yeah. you know, to where like you can have a coach, you can be in a coaching community where um, as long as you're not alone in it, then it's a, it's a lot easier. But um, if you're not talking about it, you talked about this on your story that, you know, you had postpartum after Carter and it wasn't till after the postpartum had been, you know, resolved that yes. then, you know, girlfriends are like, I had that too. But why aren't we having those conversations when we were going through that? And how much differently could that have gone if we were having those conversations, if we were actually being radically honest with ourselves and being, you know, with what we were feeling and paying attention to that and also inviting someone into that 
so that we don't have to walk it alone. Um, yeah. There's so much power in being able to do that in groups and, and or with just another person. Yeah, it's so true. And um, you just said that it made me like just like real, like not realize, but remember that like the vulnerability of be, like being, dr- you know, like drunk and like telling your girlfriend how bad you're fighting in your marriage is totally and completely different than yeah. the sober vulnerability of actually mm. like being like, sister, I need, I need some help. Can we like, you know, I always do a dog walk at Battersea Park. Like, can we go for a, a walk and a prayer or a dog, you know, just that's, that's the, the, the real conversations, you know? And so yeah. that was part of my problem too, is that like, I was going out and drinking and talking about how everything sucked because my mom had died and like how awful the whole thing was and, and all the details, but, you know, and crying with it through a bottle of, or three bottles of wine, but that wasn't doing anything, right? Because no, no one was like really hearing me and I wasn't even making sense probably. And yeah, it wasn't yeah. a connection to yourself was, or to others. Yeah. It was no, there was zero connection. Yeah. It was like kind of that, that picture of, okay, yeah, I see I'm handling this. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. the, the way that our thinking keeps us stuck and, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves about, see, like I am, I'm just being a good cry here. Um, it's interesting yeah. because I'm, it, I was someone that would, you would never have, I didn't realize this until the last couple of years, but I was afraid to cry around people. Like, so if something had now, I mean, I would get, you know, choked up at like a Publix Thanksgiving commercial. Yes. <laughs> but, but like actual, like, cr- you know, the vulnerability and actually crying in front of somebody. Um, and when my girlfriend said so this was in 20, I guess it was 2017 or 2018, she invited me to this guided meditation. I don't know if we, we've talked about this here, but she invited me to this felt sense guided meditation that she was going to. And I was like, meditate and no, and I have to close my eyes and people will be like staring at me. You know, like I had all of these ideas of what it was going to be like, but because I was a people pleaser at the time, I was like, I can't tell her no. So yes, yeah, I'll go. And I prayed the whole way there. Like, please let me get through this and not, you know, make, this is what I was praying. Like, please let me get through this. So I don't embarrass myself because I was worried about like, well, if I do, ta- you know, maybe tap, maybe I did have a sense that there was a lot of emotion that was, you know, bubbling right underneath the surface. And then we did the meditation and I ugly cried. Like I've, it's like the dam broke and the water flooded out. And, and it was so, it felt so good. It was so beautiful. I mean, it was truly divine. And, um, and I remember afterwards thinking like, oh my gosh, this was a really big deal that I was, uh, I was able to allow my real emotion to be there around other people and really feel that. And yes, it was ugly and it was messy, but the, their response was beautiful. How I felt, I, like I felt like this giant weight had been lifted off my shoulders that maybe yeah. I've been carrying my whole life. And and that's the beauty of being able to do the work that you get to do when you're free from alcohol. You can look at this stuff and our fear that says that we're going to get stuck in that. That's just that's a thought. It's a fear. We're not going to get stuck in it, if we're paying attention to it and we're inviting people in and we're moving through it, um, we're not resisting it. I think that's that I resisted for so long that, yeah, that feelings of grief could even, you know, be part of my experience. I was somebody that didn't have 
grief yeah. or shame or, you know, any of those things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so funny. Tears are cortisol <laughs> or they have cortisol, right? And like that is, that says it all right there, right? It has, like it needs, if it's there because it, it has to, it has to come out. <laughs> it does. Uh, it does. Yeah. And, and allowing ourselves to, well, I always say like your eyeballs need a good washing every once in a while, you know, like yeah. allow yourselves to feel that and, and the, I think about how the alcohol was just over time, just throwing more and more gasoline on the fire, um, yeah. Oh, to, yeah. you know, to a point where eventually it does come out in different ways. I also think about how the, with the resistance piece, the judgment that comes along. I know you mentioned this too. It's like, once we are in that place too, where maybe we're starting to notice that there is something here I need to pay attention to, or I, yes, I am grieving the loss of my mom, but I, I'm not grieving it the way that I think I should be, or I should be over it. Like we kind of talked about earlier, then we judge ourselves. And when we judge ourselves for what we're feeling or what we're thinking, I mean, that's just like a kiss of death. Yeah. Cause you're stuck in shame and you're stuck in blame. And then you just, the you need the quickest exit route out of shame. And so that's obviously more alcohol, you yeah. know? compounding yeah. that resistance, compounding yeah. that, that suffering and that kind of, you know, Chinese finger trap, if you will. Like, it's like, ah, I know what to do. Yeah. And I'm trying, you know, I'm maybe being, then I just, the more I pull, the tighter it yeah. gets, the more I drink, the tighter that yeah. trap is. Yeah. There was one morning, like, I'll never forget it. It was like a huge alarm bell, like had gone off for like one of the first times, uh, which was just like, I woke up, like, you know, grouchy because I had a, like, a hangover, feeling sad, not feeling great. And I knew I had a lunch with a girlfriend at like 1230. And I was like, okay, well, I know if I, then I knew she was a drinker. And I thought to myself, okay, well, this will be fine then. This will be fine because at 1231, the bottle of Sauvignon Blanc is going to be on the table and then it's all going to be okay again. And those were mm. not my exact thoughts. My exact thought was more like, okay, like it, it'll be okay. I've got someone to drink with at lunchtime. So I'll feel better, you know, mm. but it wasn't even just because I wanted the, the hangover to go away. It was because I just, I didn't want to feel anything that I was feeling at all. Yeah. Yeah. But that, I kept and drinking, but I kept <laughs> drinking after that alarm bell, right? <laughs> well, sometimes it takes a hundred alarm yeah. bells, you know, totally. and that, totally. that's okay too. But yeah, um, but you did finally, you know, kind of pay attention to it and do something about it. But, you know, I think about how, how also the, the definition of, of grief included words like trouble, annoyance, bother, irritation. Yeah. Like that was like the second part of the definition. Like, well, I guess I, I keep coming back to the same point. This is what I keep coming. This is what I've been pondering, I guess, since we decided <laughs> we we're going to, we're going to talk about this. Um, is how grief isn't just. And not to minimize like grief, loss of a loved one, please don't, you know, mishear me there. Um, but grief does come in all of these other subtle forms. Totally. 100%. And, and that is where, I, I, yeah, I don't know what my point was, but my point is that, yeah, no, there's it, so it much true. involved in that. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple of girlfriends with, with, with children that are not, not healthy. Let's just say that. Right. And, and no. that is a huge piece of grief that they're walking us through, right? Because they're grieving the loss of having a, a healthy child, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, um, I mean, most probably people know that my, my, my youngest has a health condition. That means that when she gets just like a normal illness, a virus or what have you, there's a, there's a good chance that she'll end up at CHOA for an extended period of time. So we're, so we go into this like high alert mode where we have to monitor, monitor her around the clock to see, okay, when is that time that, how long can I keep her home, you know, without having to go. And, um, and so we've spent a lot of time at the children's hospital over her nine years of life. Yeah. And I can talk, I can, I can in processing all of that, I can say when we're there, um, I do have this perspective of like, we're the ones that get to go home. I mean, she gets, she is the healthiest kid there when we're at the children's hospital. And I can, and I can hold that. Yes. And have appreciation for that. And I, and, and praise God that that is true. Yeah. And I also get to go home. Yeah. And cry because of how hard it's been. Yeah. You can have the yes. Yeah. Appreciation for someone could have it so much worse. And my life is wonderful. And, and yeah, this is really hard and this is really sad. And at times, you know, I, I don't know. And, and it, and it's okay. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me that I feel both of those things. It means I'm human. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad so. you just shared, shared that because it's so incredibly good and true because that is something that I too caught myself doing a lot, right? It's like, well, I still have my dad and like, I've still got this and I've still, everything's okay here and blah, blah, And it's like, that is not helpful. <laughs> yeah. And, so and it's, it's it's the same thing we do with alcohol where it's an attempt to 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 fix our discomfort that we feel an attempt to like yeah. get rid of what we you know what we're feeling and and that yeah it's that attempt like okay if i could just talk myself into and it is true you know like and that's and i I've, I've done a lot of work you know processing yeah. that through but also allowing for and you know it's the yes um life is so much better free from alcohol and it's hard because it's life but it was yeah. infinitely harder you know before when i was drinking just because i wasn't dealing with things didn't mean they weren't having massive effect in every yeah. aspect of my life it just it just was subtle it was hard to see and i did a really good job of of playing it off so i've been spending yeah. a lot of time in the yes and it's it's really kind of one of my favorites it's like not yes, but like, yes, you get to go home, but, or, you know, the other way around. Yes. She is one of the lucky ones. We do get to leave this hospital healthy and, you know, wonderful. And it's really hard to have a child that has limitations health-wise that can, you know, life or life or death consequences if you're not on it. So, yeah. um, yeah, well, she yeah. is blessed with the best mama out no. there. I'll oh. tell you. Well, true. yeah, my, well, my faith, that's another part where my faith has really been what's kind of, yeah, deepened over time. And I often wonder if, you know, if it's, yeah, if the Lord kind of gave us this because it has absolutely created more dependence and a deeper faith than I, and that's the beauty of it too. That's another yes. And it's like, 
yeah, yeah, this is ours. And, but, and look at, look at what I get as a result. So anyway, mm-hmm. was there anything else on your grief list that you wanted to? No, but we're, at Tina, we t- we're at Tina time. No, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, no, I mean, and, and, and the thing that I would just say to leave, you know, my, my tiny new action is just, <laughs> it's always curiosity, isn't it? Um, just, Wait, be, yeah, but, but, yeah. just be open and curious to the idea that if you are drinking and going through something really hard or recovering from something really hard or something very traumatic or a loss, that be open to the idea that the alcohol is, is delaying your healing and delaying your your joy and your peace. And so that was, I mean, just one of the most important lessons that I've learned doing this. Yeah. 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 I've got, I've got nothing to add. I totally, I totally what? agree. <laughs> I know what is happening here. What is happening? Are you sure? <laughs> I know. I know. I really, I re- no, I really don't. I really, yeah. It's the curiosity paying attention to what, you know, what could grief look like for you in the absence of maybe the obvious things that cause grief that we think of automatically when we think of grief. What are some of those? I, okay, fine. I lied. I lied. <laughs> I did have something. I mean, I even think about it. The, the grief, uh, grieving the loss, the sounds so, and this is where it's like, yes, and me, bring it back to yes, and. But the grieving the loss of um, the birth experience, you know, with my first one, I had a traumatic birth experience. And there was, I didn't know it. And it's only been recently that I'm like, oh gosh, there was some grief in that because I had this idea of what that experience would be like. And again, yeah. going back to that kind of expectation, right? But yeah. um, but not a lot, but also going, but everything was okay because I, and I'm okay. She's okay. We survived it. Yes, it was traumatic, but everything's okay. So it, move on versus yes, it was traumatic. And yes, she's okay. And yes, you're okay. And- that was like, that was not that my was plan. Hard. And I, yeah, yeah, I had an idea of what I wanted that birth experience to look like. And it wasn't. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. That, so I don't know. Now I'm, now I'm all, yeah, thinking of all Great. the grief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this but. was a good one today, though. I like yeah. that. I'm really shocked that, that you cried and I didn't. I know. I was like not ready for the tears, but. I think that actually thinking of it just on the fly here, it's like that is is also part shows me at least how far I've come, right? Because there is no way that I would have been able to have this conversation like without hmm. bawling before, you know? So yeah, gosh, I feel yeah. good. It's pr- yeah, <laughs> it it's a pop. Your proof of progress that you have. Oh, we need to integrate the pop more in this podcast. Yes, girl. Got to have pops. You got to notice those pops. But like that proof that you have been healthfully, is that a word? Healthfully? Healthily? Healthily. Yeah, that's the one. Um, You know, moving through grief that you healthily dealt with it because it is, yeah. It's hard. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies and everybody. See you next next week. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com and make sure you follow us over on the gram at Love Life Sober with Christy and Mead at I'm Not Sober, I'm Free. To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at meadhollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com.
Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement. Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.